Welcome to the New Mind Creator podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I will be interviewing legendary coach Jim Johnson. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available each week on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So has your tennis game improved since the quarantine? I know you have a little more time now to dedicate to it. Yes, you know, I've always been fairly optimistic person. So I think uh, one thing I can say, you know, I'm trying to look for the pluses because it's certainly been a challenging time for pretty much all of us. Uh, but uh, yes, a positive is that I, I have been playing more tennis uh, than I normally do. And it, it has enhanced my game. I actually feel pretty good about my tennis game right now. <laughs> good deal. So who's your favorite player to watch nowadays? Well, uh, you know, the uh, I because I picked up tennis about ten years ago. So when I started to play it more, I uh, I did uh, I didn't watch a lot of tennis growing up. Although I, I would occasionally watch John McEnroe and his crazy antics. Although he's a pretty talented guy, but uh, I'm just uh, the thing that's fascinating to me about the sport is uh, you know what they call the big three: Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and and uh, Novak Djokovic. I'm just amazed that you know they're all in their thirties. And how much they've still dominated uh, the majors is uh, been truly fascinating because I think it's different than almost any other sport. Usually, guys as they get older, not that they can't still play, but the fact that those guys are consistently almost winning all the majors is just amazing to me. Uh, so that that's been fascinating because one of the things I've done for many years is trying to to study people that are have achieved greatness you know i'm fascinated by that you know between that and leadership those are two things i really always have, have been very interesting to me so um that that's uh so i'm still amazed that those guys old federal got you know, has some surgery so he hasn't played in a while but the fact that those two guys two guys are still on top um is, is pretty amazing yeah that's that is amazing because once you do something and reach the heights of doing something it seems like it would take even more dedication possibly to remain on top what do you think about that yeah i i think that's uh because uh you know one of the things uh i you know i've done a lot of leadership talks in the last few years and you know one of the questions i get from businesses is you know uh, give me some ideas on how we can reach the top and then how can you stay at the top and i i think it's more difficult to stay at the top so to answer your question i think it, it's uh, uh something that's amazed me uh, that they've been able to keep that dedication to play it at a high level and the other thing that i think is fascinating is the fact that I'm sure they're really, really good at the mental side of the game. And sometimes we neglect that. We forget that how strong you got to be mentally to play, you know, the pressure points. And, and that's the one thing I think that obviously all three of those guys are very talented tennis players, but there's a lot of talented tennis players. But the fact, I think just those three seem to be have a mental strength that puts them above the rest right now. Yeah, because you would know because being such a great basketball coach for many years, 
you had to, are there any, well, I would say there are correlations to sport. And then when you got out of coaching and into motivational speaking, how did that, the things that you learned in basketball and being at the top of your game translate to motivational speaking? Well, I think there's definitely a coordination because uh, when you're a leader and you're building teams like I did for over three decades, um, that coordinates to any, almost any type of leadership and team building. I mean, certainly there are unique things to certain industries, but the basic fundamentals are pretty consistent. And I think that's the thing that's really important is that you get real clarity on the fundamentals of you know leadership or building a team and how that can um, you know carry over in helping other people and you know motivating and inspiring people that's part of uh, building a team and leadership and there's different ways you can do that but it, that's always been something that's really fascinating me is how do you build you know a team that consistently can uh, do well and and maintain it for many years and that's always uh and, you know, going back to our tennis example, that's what's been so fascinating to see those three players play at such a high level for so long that you realize it's more than just the talent. You know, it's their commitment, um, their attention to detail, the mental part of the game. And I think those are things that all carry over. Um, and, that, you know, and what I'm doing now is helping people in building teams, whether it's a school team, a business team, um, there's still a lot of similarities that I can, you know, because of my experience that I can help them with. Yeah. So how can a team, say, for instance, you are working with a company and they are building that team. How does, how should that supervisor handle or interact with a person who's a part of the team but they are not performing up to par it's a great question because i i think the one thing that um is that when you're uh, a leader of a team or developing a team that uh, one of the things that i think is so important is building relationships and so when somebody is um, not doing well for whatever reason i think the huge thing as a leader is you got to figure out why and, and to me one of the things that i spend a lot of time is is talking to you know our team members individually and and uh, you know asking them questions and really having a curiosity of how I can best serve them, help them. And, and I think that's something I really try to, when I share my presentations is that, you know, you, you know, it's real simple to say, uh, well, if they're not getting the job done, fire them, you know, or get rid of them. Uh, but you know what is, if it's someone that's been on your team, that's been a good performer, and then all of a sudden you see that their ship is, is going to the wrong direction, I think it's really important. That's why I think relationships are so important in leadership and building a team because you, you have to have uh, the ability that you're willing to delve into it deeper, you know, and, and you do that by showing empathy and, and being willing to listen and ask questions and find out what the core issue is and, and see if you can, between the two of you, uh, help settle that so you can get that person back on the right path. Because um, it's it's often too easy when something, uh, when someone's not doing the job to, um, you know, do to react very quickly and say, hey, 
you know, if you can't cut it, move on. Um, but uh, I don't think that's the right thing. I think if you want to build a consistent team, uh, the old adage, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when, when you build that relationship, then I think you, uh, you, know, you, you can help people. Because I think the leader, the mindset has got to be is I, I want to uh, be a, uh, I call it the chief problem solver. I, I want to help solve problems and I want to have that service mindset that I'm going to serve my people and help them be the best they can be. And with that mindset, then I think you can solve those issues when someone uh, is not performing uh, to the, you know, to the right standards. Yeah, it sounds like you went back to that mental approach, too, because the natural thing to do when someone is not performing is to just say, OK, well, you're out of here or make it more difficult for them. But you are saying change the mental approach and see what's really going on at the core level. Absolutely. hundred percent. And until you really get to the root of the problem, which is usually the ability to ask questions and ask multiple questions, um, because often, you know, uh, someone's a little uh, frustrated or embarrassed and they're not going to say, you know, when you say, uh, geez, what's going on? And, you know, oh, nothing. Well, you know, there's something going on. So you got to delve a little deeper. Come on, tell, tell me what's going on. You, you know, what, how can I best support you? And when they know that you've got their back, then, you know, with that strength and building that relationship, then they're more open and willing to share what's going on. And then once you have a better understanding of what's going on, you can help them better. And I think that's so important. Yeah, it sounds like that. Uh probably worked well for you in coaching as well because some of even the the great coaches in any on any level uh college uh high school middle school you name it the pros the best coaches there's a thread that runs through and that is how they interact with the players and how they are able to get them to rise to their greatest self yep absolutely Yeah. So I know you've been doing motivational speaking for a while now and this current pandemic, um, I know it caught a lot of people off guard and by surprise of how it has really impacted us as a world. This is a worldwide pandemic. Right. the last and the last one, I believe, was the influenza in 1918. So how has this pandemic uh, impacted you? Well, it is no question that uh, it, it did affect, affect my business. And, uh, you know, something I'd like to encourage everybody, because um, I had to do a lot of uh thinking and reflecting on, you know, what, how I wanted to pivot and make adjustments because, uh, you know, the one thing uh, I love the ability to go out in front of audiences and travel the country and and talk to different groups and try to inspire them and give them ideas and how they can, uh, you know, improve themselves and improve their team and their leadership. Uh, But, uh, you know, technology is is, uh, sometimes not my best friend. So when a, when, when, you know, I have a small team and the lady that I work with said, uh, uh, you know, coach, what are you going to do? Are you going to, uh, are you willing to, to start doing virtual? And, and initially I wasn't sure I wanted to because uh, uh, I was thinking, but then the more I thought about, you know, where am I 
in my life and who am I? I always go back to my personal mission, which is to be an outstanding role model that makes a positive difference in the world by helping others make their dreams come true. And when I really went back to that that core of what I'm all about, I said, you know what? I want to stay in this game because I want to help as many people as I can. So I did make the pivot to uh, virtual presentations. The first few was pretty challenging because uh, it's very different to talk to a computer screen as opposed to a, uh, you know, a live audience. Uh, but I, I'm really getting a lot better at it. And now I'm getting more comfortable. And, and uh, I'm willing to do that as long as I, uh, I need to. Certainly, I love the live audiences better than I like the virtual presentations. But right now, if you want to be in the game of, you know, speaking, uh, uh, that's the way what you got to do, because there's not many live events right now. So, uh, so that, you know, but so my encouraging words, everybody is, is realize that, uh, you know, no one expected what's going on in the world right now, but find, you know, what is your mission? You know, how can you best help people in the world and then figure out a way how you can still serve people in, in a different way. And, you know, for me, that's virtual presentations. Um, there's, you know, and I think the people that are pivoting and realizing that, you know, my mission hasn't changed, just my strategies and my techniques have to change because this is where the world is right now are the people that are still flourishing. And so it, it took me a while. I, I got hit pretty hard. I mean, the good news for me personally is that, you know, speaking has been a second career and I've loved it. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't something that I had to do to put food on the table. So I have a lot of empathy for so many people across the world, that, you know, not only speaking, but in almost every industry that's been, you know, like I have a, a cousin that owns a group of restaurants and they've been devastated. And so it's just, uh, it breaks my heart to, uh, you know, see how many people. So I, I have a lot of empathy um, for so many people that have been affected. But, you know, the, the most encouraging words is, is you know what, you got to always go back. I just make that simple statement, uh, find a way and something I, you know, I learned a lot from J-Max, you know, that perseverance, that never give up mindset that you're just going to keep keep f- figuring out ways that you can provide value and service to people. And and uh, to do that, you know, you, you've got to find a way. And uh, so, uh, that's what I, you know, be my encouraging message to everybody is to, uh, you know, to stay strong, you know, realize, you know, okay, uh, what is your purpose and how can I best serve people with what's going on in the world right now? Yeah, that's great uh, advice. I know that sometimes when things get hard, there's a tendency to want to jump ship. But yep. it sounds like you're saying that you should possibly dig in more into the purpose the reason for because the reason for will help you persevere because you were talking about you went back to the reason why you were doing this in the first place yep yeah so what what are some things or traits that you have recognized uh people who are leaders versus people who are followers well i i, I will uh, say before i delve into the answer that i have for you the question is that i think uh, uh, great leaders also have the ability that they can be very good followers so i think think they can go hand in hand but to to really zero in on leadership i i think you have to have clarity 
in uh, first of all, the first person you got to lead, of course, is yourself. And we forget that often. And so when I, I say about leading yourself, I think you got to be clear about, um, you know, your why, your personal mission, which I shared a little bit earlier. I think you, you have to develop a leadership philosophy. Uh, mine happens to be what I call leave a profit, where everything that I get involved in as a leader, I want it to turn to gold, not garbage, or in other words, make it better, not worse. Um, I think it's really important that you have clarity of strategies. And I think it's hugely important is that uh, effective leaders are curious. And what I mean by that is that they're always looking to learn and find ways that are best for the team you know like one of the parts of our philosophy is we always talked about we over me so when i was making decisions i would always share with our team that what i was trying to do with the input from my players and my staff is that i was going to make the decision which i felt was best for the team uh and you know i was very clear with that so I, you know one of my uh, leadership principles I talk about is how to be an effective communicator. And you have to have clarity about, you know, what you you are as a person, what your uh, team's mission is. Uh, I think that's really important. What the values of, of you as a person and the values of your team that you're developing, you know, that's got to be lived consistently. And then the ability uh, as a leader that I always used to tell our players all the time, you're always on stage. So the most effective leaders are people that lead by example. They're not saying one thing and doing another. Um, because if you're not uh, consistent with your actions and your words, um, that really leads to lack of trust, which is so immensely uh, important. I think it's the most important thing is that you have to build trust between your team and you and the team amongst each other. And you do that. I, I always talk to leaders is that you have to have a strategy of how you're going to build trust. I'll give you three ideas that we use. We always talked about that we were going to align our words and actions. So I've already mentioned that. Number two is that we were going to base everything that we told each other on the truth, you know, that we weren't going to lie to each other. And uh, as the Bible says, the truth will set you free. And then the third thing I think is really important as a leader that you have to have a mindset that you want to catch people doing the right thing and, and praise them because you're going to get a lot more positive action from your team members when they, they realize that you recognize when they do something right and you praise them. And there's a lot of different ways you can praise them. I think it's so important that you develop that relationship because you are catching them because then the respect and the trust build and then they're willing to accept, you know, when you need to be critical, because that is part of leadership, too. Uh, but if you don't have that base of trust and, and that people know that you care about them and, and you want the best for them and for the best for the team, uh, once you build that, then you, I, I really believe as a leader, you can be extremely uh, have high standards and, you know, really be striving for that. Uh, but again, going back, if you're going to have high standards, you better have high standards for yourself. Like a simple example, if, you know, if I believe that being on time is, is really important and yet, you know, uh, as the coach, I would come in five minutes late all the time. Then you, again, you send a mixed message and that's going to hurt your trust. So, you know, being on time was very important to me and my players knew that. So therefore I could never not be on time. If I did that, you know, I was leaving a really wrong example. 
Um, so those are some of the things that I talk about. And um, the last part I'll say, as far as I think it's really important that you understand how to be a follower and, uh, you know, be willing to be able to accept both roles that there are times that you need to follow and there are times that you need to lead. And, and uh, when you do that, I think that's really important because I, I believe great leaders not only have great leadership skills, but they also are, are uh, you know, going back to communication, they are really good listeners. They ask a lot of questions, going back to that curiosity. They're curious. They want to find out as much as they can about what's going on. And then, uh, and then they can give uh, their advice after they get more clarity of, you know, what the issue or problem is. So it sounds like a good, uh, those are really good things to know. And a good thing about a leader is not to necessarily rule with an iron fist, because if you do, you won't see the little uh, intricate things that happen so you can switch, because you may need to switch sometimes as a leader as far as what you're doing, because sometimes you can make the right, the, well, the best decision that you can make at the time. And then once you get, as you say, once you get more information, it's good to be curious. Once I get more information, I can possibly change some things that could work even better. Absolutely. A hundred percent for sure. Yeah. So do you believe um, it's a good idea to diversify like your output of what you're doing? Just in this pandemic, people are motivational speakers. We have mm -hmm. all these different um, occupations and stuff. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, you could go in a couple different directions with that. I, I think it's important that you have some diversity of how you can receive income, um, like I built, you know, some financial different ways that I can receive income so that I built a, a nest so that, you know, when if tough times happen, like what we're going through right now, that it wasn't going to extraordinarily crush my life like it has so many people. So I think having that ready uh, is really important. I, I think the other thing is, you know, from a diversity standpoint, I think it always goes back to, um, uh, you know, what you're all about and how you can best serve and add, add value to the people or to people. So, you know, it may be a pivot where you completely do something different. If, but the one thing I found is, is if you're going to make that kind of pivot, make sure that you're into it. You really have a passion for it and that you're willing to have that drive that, you know, you're going to go through some, uh, you know, challenging times or a pivot could be just as simple as what I've done in the sense that, you know, I wanted to stay uh, as a uh, motivational leadership speaker. So, and I know right now the pivot for me is I've got to learn how to do virtual presentations because that's the reality of the world. So there, I, I think it is really important that some people have to pivot and get right out of a, uh, a different, uh, uh, you know, whatever they were doing and, and that works for them, but make sure that they have the passion and the drive uh, and they want to become really good, become curious. And because, uh, you know, anything that I've done that I've become uh, really good at is because I have real passion and drive and the curiosity to keep learning and keep striving and get as good as I can. Uh, because if you, 
Uh, I think too many times people go, okay, well, I can make some money doing that. But if you don't have the energy and the, and the enthusiasm and the curiosity, um, that well will dry out because people uh, don't relate to people like that, that, you know, that don't know what they're doing and that kind of thing. So I, I think it's really important, but I, I will say that I think it's really important uh, you know, and it's a great lesson for all of us. Fortunately, I learned that lesson. If, if you'd asked me 25 years ago, I would have been in dire straits because I didn't. But, you know, I started to learn, uh, like one of the, one of my little talks I do is called the 10 questions all leaders should be able to answer. And one of those questions is, do you have a financial independence plan? Well, if you'd asked me 25, 30 years ago, I would have looked at you know, like you had two heads because I had no clue about a financial independence plan. And then it hit me in my mid-30s, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I really should learn about how to you know, save money, how to um, invest money. And so uh, fortunately, I did develop a financial independence plan that's helped me to weather a storm like we're going through right now. So I think it's a, it's a great lesson for all of us that you never know when the storm is coming, and certainly this is a storm that's affected everybody in the world. But the the ability to have, uh, you know, a financial independence plan, the ability to uh, a pivot in your business and find ways that you can serve the customer in a different way, I think, are so important right now. Yeah. So, how did those ten questions all leaders should, uh, I guess, should be able to answer come about? It was, you know what, uh, Maurice, as I've, I've taken my leadership journey, uh, I um, really just started, uh, you know, it's through a lot of reading, a lot of learning and curiosity that I just started, uh, uh, just starting to put um, questions down that I think leaders, you know, people, you know, really starting with this, this is kind of based on, how, you know, how to lead yourself. Um, so I think it's, um really important because, you know, I, I truly believe the most effective leaders lead themselves very well and then they can lead others. So, you know, I just started to develop questions. I gave you one, you know, what, um, do you have a personal uh, development plan is another one that I have. Do you have your own personal mission written down? Um, you know, what are your top uh, core values? So I, they're all questions that I think uh, that to lead yourself, you really have to have clarity. Um, you know, another one um, uh, that we all know, but how many people are not doing very well is, is do you have your own personal wellness plan? Because it's hard to be successful consistently if you don't have any energy. You know, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not eating good foods, if you're not getting enough rest, if you're not getting exercise, um, and uh, so those are, I think, a really important is to answer those questions so you have clarity um, to help you be the best person you can be, which, which will help you become a, a very effective leader. So I, I definitely agree with you, even in this next question. You, um, do you believe that anyone can create this financial independence? Because it could look differently for each person but I think it's definitely attainable. Yes, I, I, I definitely. And I think the one thing that for for everybody is you got to define, you know, what does financial independence look for you? And that's going to look different for you than me from, you know, uh, Johnny to Susie. So I think it's really important 
that you have clarity about. So I set some goals. Like, you know, I wanted to have a certain amount of net worth. Um, I did know, you know, I was fortunate because I was in the education where I had a, uh, a pension. So I knew I was going to get that, but I also knew I had to save money. Another thing that, that I did well, that I didn't have to do well until my mid thirties is understanding the importance of staying out of debt. Um, you know, unfortunately I'm debt free now, but at one time I certainly wasn't. So I think those are things that, that you have to have, and you know, for some person, uh, financial independence might mean they need, you know, $50 million for another person. It might be that, uh, you know, I want to be debt free and have, you know, a million dollars net worth. So, uh, uh, but, so I think you have to set some goals of, of, you know, what is, what is financial independence? But I totally agree with you that um, it's something I encourage, you know, I, I talk to high school and college students sometimes, and, you know, I'll do, I'll get on a little bit about having your own financial independence plan, because I want them to start thinking about it early because, uh, you know, the uh, law of compounding interest is so powerful. So if you start, you know, putting a little money away for quite a long time, the compounding interest, you know, you're going to end up with a pretty nice nest egg. If you don't put any money away, uh, it's much more difficult. So, yes, I believe everybody should have a concept of how they can create financial independence for themselves and their family. Yeah, I just recently, well, over the last decade, I really understood compound interest because oftentimes if you're in a paycheck to paycheck mindset you don't think you have enough but really we all have enough to some degree if we're having some kind of income coming in uh, from our jobs or whatever we're doing we just have to have the courage to live within our means and like you said the compound interest if I could just dedicate myself to doing $50 a week or $50 a month or whatever that amount is. And then over time, we do get raises and we do get extra that come in, but it's our mindset to be able to take on that and begin to utilize it in our best interest. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I know you recently, over the last several months, um, you partner with a local college professor. How did that uh, connection come about? Well, it's actually uh, about uh, it was probably five or six years ago. I was speaking at a, a local college and um, uh, one of the professors uh, after that came over to me and she says, uh, Coach, I really enjoyed your talk. Um, you know, I teach here. At, at, it was a state university of New York at Brockport. Um, and uh, we ended up meeting, you know, for coffee one time, and then I ended up speaking to her class. Um, and then we, uh, she ended up, she works part-time at the college, and she started a nonprofit called Heroes for All. She's originally from Bangladesh, and so it's a combination. Her um, nonprofit is actually, she's doing some work in the U.S., and, and she also does some work over in Bangladesh, and we just... Um, agreed on so many things and you know our hearts i think uh, you know we were wanting to help young people so about uh you know when the pandemic hit i actually uh because i my uh small team it, because i've been doing more leadership talks in the last few years they said coach you need to have a second book on leadership and 
and I was thinking about it and I said, you know what? And then uh, when the pandemic hit, I said, you know what? This would be a great time where I could serve, you know? And so we're focusing, her name is Dr. Renuma Kareem is uh, my uh, co-author. And we said, you know, let, let's do this. And uh, so she was all on board. So we were, uh, uh, we've been working on about three months and we've got an outline. And right now we're kind of calling it like the blueprint for young and emerging leaders to help them become you know better leaders so we, you know we're, we're we're working on it we're excited about the project we actually have done a questionnaire which we asked young and emerging leaders to answer so you know we're doing some research from that perspective and and just using our, our experience as leaders and, and working with young people um so it's a project of, of love for us and I, I i'm excited for it. i think it'll be when we finish it, it'll be a really good book to help young and emerging leaders. So uh, it's called Young and Emergent Leaders. So uh, was the motivation just strictly um, the young people or what was the motivation? Yeah, the main motivation was is we just felt that um, young people, you know, because we both she worked a lot with college students. I worked a lot with high school students is that I. Uh, we just felt that uh, a lot of young people don't really have direction. And we believe that you can be uh, uh, taught leadership skills. So this was the concept behind the book is, you know, let, let's give them um, some real fundamental foundation on how they can get off to a good start as a leader, um, you know, and, and through our experience. Because one of the things that's great about books um, you know, when you read a really good book is, you know, usually that person, you know, if you read, write a, or read a, you know, a nonfiction, you know, uh, some type of a book on leadership or building a team or whatever, it's usually someone that's, you know, had a lot of trials and tribulations, you know, maybe it took them 20 years to build up a great business or how to build a championship team. But now in the book, they cut to the chase. They, they share, you know, what their mistakes were, what did they learn, you know, so you can really cut down some of the errors because, it, yes, it's nice to learn from experience, but it's also great to learn from other people's experience so you can take cut, short, shortcuts. That, that's why I think it's so important to have coaches in your life that can, you know, help you when, you know, when you're not so clear on things. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I, I like to do is help young people and coach them. How do they can be better leaders, better people? Um, so that's the concept behind the book. Good. So what can uh, a young person do who would like to possibly be in leadership, but they have some timidity and shyness about them? Or there is there anything that they can begin to do in order to uh, strengthen that part? Yeah, I, I think the one thing that uh, can be a little bit of a misnomer is that often, and I thought this when I was young, is that leaders have to be extroverts. And I'm really more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. Uh, and what I found is, you know, in the research, it, that actually there's a, a tremendous amount of effective leaders that are actually introverts. So I think that's one thing that I, I do clear with young people is, you know, you don't have to be the most outgoing, fun-loving uh, person, you know, with all this charisma, that often the most effective leaders are people that are curious about leadership. They want to build relationships with the people that they work with uh, and that, you know, they're not, and they, they're humble. You know, they, they are, uh, you know, people that want to continue to be lifelong learners. 
And, and so I think when you, that's why we wanted to write this book, because we wanted to give them foundations and, and kind of clarify, uh, you know, what does it take to be an effective leader? And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you have to be the most uh, charisma or, you know, someone with a lot of charisma. It's just someone that, um, you know, ha has a vision, has clarity about how they want to lead themselves and then uh, the ability to build relationships and, and bring a team together for a common goal, um, you know, is, is really what you're ideally looking to do. Yeah. So what has been your most memorable highlight uh, since you've been speaking, especially over the past year? Uh, what has been a highlight uh, that you've been able to help someone with something you've been able to help with during your speeches or feedback that you've gotten? Well, I, I, uh, uh, I've been doing a shorter talk, you know, on the JMAC story where, where I just, um, uh, I've been um, uh, talking about two key essential ingredients in that one is, is how to be an effective teammate, which Jason was so good at, and also the ability to persevere, that never give up mindset. And so I just did one for our, our big uh, Rochester Rotary Club. And I got some really neat feedback on uh, you know, how much it, it affected them and inspired people. Um, and the, uh, you know, the one thing, like I, somebody asked me the other day, um, on, uh, you know, how much do you try to stay in touch with players? And, and I do, uh, you know, it's a little bit harder because I've been out of uh, the profession for four years as a coach now. Uh, but I, I really try to be cognizant of that. But I, I'll tell you a, kind of a neat story that happened to me a few years ago when I was still coaching. We, I, I was fortunate to win my 400th game as a coach. And about two days later, I get a uh, call on my cell phone. And, it, and it's not someone I recognize, but I, it was at the evening. And I was down in my basement. I said, okay, I'll pick it up. And it was actually a former player that I hadn't coached in like 25, 30 years. It was a, I coached him in a small school when I first started my career and his dad, he had moved to California, but his dad uh, was still in the Rochester area and told him that, you know, coach had just won his 400th game. And so I don't even know how he got my number. Uh, he had some kind of a strategy, but now we actually, we do a monthly call together and he's actually brought me out uh, I've spoke, he's a, he runs a plumbing business and I, I've spoke to his plumbing association. So it's just amazing, uh, you know, those kinds of things that, um, because, uh, you know, words do matter. And, and I, you know, I think, you know, what, that's why I think as a, as a speaker, you got to be really cognizant of, of the words you're presenting to people so you can give them tangible ideas on how they can improve their life and also inspire them to think big. You know, one of the things we talk about is getting them to think bigger, lead better, and just be better for the world. So. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story, coach. Um, I know that warmed your heart that someone for over 25 years and you, you, imprinted them or interacted with them to such a degree that they remembered you. Like, I know that there's uh, one teacher for whatever reason, when I was, I want to say I was in the first or second grade, for whatever reason, I remember her. Uh -huh. I remember her name and I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking it's because of 
how kind she interacted with me uh-huh. at such a young age. And even if I didn't understand something when I asked her, her response and the time that she took. And I remember her name even to this day. So that's a great thing for someone to remember you after so many years. Right. You know, what you're sharing is really, really powerful. I think that's so important is that, you know, because uh, you never know the impression or the impact you can make on people. And, and, you know, just the fact that you brought up a teacher from many, many years ago that you still think very highly, you know, that, that in fact, I would. I'd recommend because I, I, I tried to do this. I don't do as well as I should. But uh, one of my friends was saying that, you know, uh, you should once in a while go back and think about somebody that made a real positive impact in your life and reach out to that person if they're still living and, and just share that because they, they would appreciate that so much. Yeah, it means a lot to get that feedback. Um definitely and it it even strengthens you and say yeah that's the reason why i do what i do right exactly yeah (laughs) yeah and speaking of perseverance perseverance how has j mac been doing he's doing well i mean he's been struggling a little bit with the fact that uh he uh you know when i retired i i got out of coaching four years ago so he's been helping one of my former colleagues he helped uh in soccer and then he's helped him in basketball and um, so he did, they ended up playing the soccer season. They had a pretty good season. So he's still doing that. You know, he was, he's a, become a very avid marathon runner, but of course he hasn't been running races right now. He's still extremely fit. He still works out all the time. Um, but he, you know, it's, it's been a little bit struggle. Like right now, um, basketball for the winter sports is on hold right now. So right now they're not playing. They're, they're hoping to get, to get a season and, you know, later this year, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, he, he uh, I've not seen him as, as much, um, in person, you know, we still talk on the phone and text each other, but, uh, uh, he, and then, you know, I, I, I play over at the school. I coached at Athena and, and taught at, uh, I, I play over in the tennis courts. Uh, and so sometimes he'll be just running by and I'll say hello to him and that kind of thing. But, uh, but, you know, he's, he's, he's doing well. I mean, definitely the pandemic, like it's just so many, it's, it's definitely affected him. Uh, but, you know, he's he's strong and, and, and he, you know, I think he'll weather it like we all will. True. So um, I know that you working on this book, this new book. Do you have an idea of when possibly uh, it will be released or anything like that? Well, our goal right now in uh, books are tricky. I'd be going through it once. So I, I, I you know, but our goal right now is we'd like to get it done by next you know this july uh, our dream would be and of course we you know there's still a lot of question marks with the pandemic of you know uh, where where we're going to be in you know in the next six months to a year but um dr cream uh said one of her dreams would be to have our have the book ready they have a big book um uh gathering in bangladesh and it's in i believe in october of 2021 so assuming that goes on we'd love to you know have our book ready for that so that's one of our goals right now so oh wow that would be phenomenal i know that's uh i believe that you all things will work out that you all will be able to do that i just believe that um and by the way uh, your first book a coach in a miracle uh, people should continually uh, support that uh, about, you know, talked about uh, J-Mac is in that book as well. Right. 
Yeah, so I encourage people to continue to uh, support that as well. Yeah, Maurice, actually, just uh, for your your uh, listeners, uh, I do have it. We're selling it on my uh, on my website for a discount, and I actually sign them for anybody that orders on my my website's coachjimjohnson.com. And uh, uh, and if they order it on the website, I sign it and give them a, a free bookmark as well. So great, we thank you. I thank you for that. Um, so. What what is your one to grow on for us today? What would you like to leave our audience with? You know, this is something that uh, that I've been thinking a lot about, and I've been really trying to share more of is that that uh, I just think it's really important for all of us to um, be kinder to everybody in the show that we care about each other and really define different ways that we can help serve and, and just help other people. Uh, you know, we've had some, uh, obviously the pandemic has been a, a big storm. We've had some, you know, racial issues, you know, we've had a lot of different things, but I think it really starts with each of us. My challenge to, to all of us, including certainly myself, is that let's look to be kinder to people and just to find different ways that we can help serve people to make, make it a better world for all. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornary.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.